Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Ramble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity again that all is. So again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. We're going to do, I'm not sure what part this is by this point in time, but we're doing learning how to live in the miraculous. And I want to open up again tonight, I think as I, I did uh, the last couple sessions, but again saying that God created us as spirit. He said, let us make man in our own image. So we are made in the very image of God. We are made spirit. 
the key, and I've always said this all the years that I have taught uh, people how to how to work into the into the into the spiritual or supernatural world. I have said that the the thing that holds us back is the five senses in which God gave us that governs that actually governs our bodies, our, our carnal man. And those five senses we are so used to using that it is more than difficult to step away from those five senses and go into the world in which we are, which is supernatural or spirit world, being made spirit-like unto the Lord God. And it is hard to turn that away and shove that aside and say, okay, now I'm going to operate over here because I am first spirit. Now, there isn't any ifs, ands, or buts about the fact that when the Lord God created us, that he gave us the five senses for us to be able to, or for it to, them to be able, I'm sorry, to govern our bodies because he knew that not everybody was going to be able to operate over into the supernatural world. And he knew that at that given point in time. But I, I'm, I'm here to tell you the exciting thing about this all is that we, as anointed children of God, and we're anointed, you are anointed, I'm anointed, that we might be able to do the works of God. We are those upon whom the ends are written, and it will be, it will be accounted to us at the end of our days as to how we did or how we did not, uh, bless God, govern ourselves when it came to the supernatural part of this. As I've always said, you know, Peter and Paul is going to be very, very anxious to talk to us when we get, when we get there in heaven. They're going to be very anxious to, to sit down and find out what was it really like to have been there at the end, uh, at the end of which all the, 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 the prophets prophesied. What was it like to have stood in that day and that hour to watch the power of God awesomely operate? Well, we're going to know that and we're going to be part of that. Well, we're going to, we're going to start tonight in Matthew. Now, we've been, and by no means did we, did we exhaust everything in the Old Testament. I, I went through and picked out things and, and things that were probably more of an interest to me than they may have been to somebody else, and that somebody else may have picked something differently if, in fact, they were going to have done this. But the fact of it is we have, we have, we have got across the point that, bless God, in the Old Testament they worked and lived in the supernatural. When you uh, we can't deny that, none of us could. And now I want to look and begin to look not only as what Yeshua did, and we're again not going to be able to cover all of it, but we're going to cover um, uh, some very uh, high points about it. In the first chapter of uh, Matthew, in the 18th uh, chapter, the uh, 18th chapter, no, the first chapter, the 18th verse. Boy, I'm going to start that again tonight, am I? Okay. Uh, we're going to, this starts out, it starts out in the miraculous. The New Testament starts out right up into the, right up, right where the Old Testament, I guess, would have ended off in the miraculous, all right? Now, we're told here in the 18th verse, Matthew 1, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, okay, they were engaged, before they came together, before they had any kind of sexual intercourse, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, I have always said, you want to talk about a real deal, this is a real deal. Now, folks, back in those days, uh, she could have very easily been Mary, could have very well, and her name Hebrew is Merim, it's not Mary, but that we call her Mary in the New Testament. But Joseph very well could have had her stoned to death, all right? But she came up pregnant. Uh, the problem was he wasn't he it was not him all right and then Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately in other words uh, what he was decided to do well I just don't need to have anything to do with her I mean you know here she come and all this doing now listen to what in the 20th verse but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying Joseph Thou, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for this which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, before that, I'm very, very certain that was hard for Joseph to got a hold of. To have, uh, you know, what kind of a story is that? Can you imagine uh, girls coming home and, and being pregnant when you're that age and saying uh, to your folks, the Holy Ghost did it? You know, I mean, let's face it, that, that's quite a story, but it would just be a story. And who could you get to believe such a story? So God, in his infinite wisdom, 
Bless his heart. He decided to appear, an angel appeared anyway, unto uh, Joseph in a dream, and said, Go ahead and tell her. He said, Of a truth, of a truth, she's conceived by the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. Now, you know, I think, well, let me go on down through here. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not. He had no sexual relationship with her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus, which we know to be Yeshua. Now, the opening of what we call the New Testament deals absolutely with the supernatural, with a phenomenon that has not been replayed in all these 2,000-plus years, Probably will never be done again, but it happened then. Now, for a virgin to bring forth, and, and, and you've got to think about this, because that's the only way in which he could have been brought forth. Because what? He was from the Father. He, you know, as being, as being from the Father, he could never have come forth as to have uh, Joseph and, and Mary to have conceived and brought forth a child, and that to have been the Son of God. No, it couldn't have been that way. It only could have been this way. So the fact of it is, the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost fertilized her eggs, or egg or whatever the, how you want to say that, and she produced a holy child. And she knew that the child would be holy. She knew that, bless God, that he was a holy child, and she knew that he was the Messiah. And all of this she kept and hid into her heart for a long, long time. But again, the fact of it is, the New Testament opens up with the miraculous right off the bat. Here we are, we, we're seeing this in operation, and the world has done what? The world has questioned it from the time that it was written to even the time today, talking about the fact that there could not have been such a conception. There's no way for that to have happened. But again, the problem is we're trying to sell short the, a living God, a God that is capable of saying, let there be light, and there was light. A God that was crea that created all things that have ever been created and all the things that will ever have been created. He, the Lord God, has created that. In today's world, simply by doing what? Speaking to the hearts and purpose and the heart of man in order to do the things that we do. How do you think that we brought forth all this, the computers and all this stuff? It's God speaking to the heart of man, giving man wisdom, letting man do what he wants to do that, that he can in the end do what he has said that he would, he would do, all right? Let's go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. So I think it's neat to, 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 to realize the, the miraculous, and, and you know, and people may say, well, look, you know, prophet, the fact of it is, the miraculous is what God is. That's right. And that's the reason I'm trying to say to you in the, in the previous uh, uh, sermons and teachings that I've done in this area, that it is our right, if you will, to also work into this as being created for spirit. Okay? Now, the 14th chapter, 15th verse. And it says, And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go unto, uh, unto, uh, where am I at? unto the villages and buy themselves victuals, which is food. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Now, can, can you imagine this? And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. And they're saying, now, do you know, Jesus, let's get real about this thing. We've got five loaves of bread, we've got two fishes, there's a multitude out here, and you're saying, feed them? How far do you think this is going to go? Now, there is something, and I, I remember uh, numbers of years ago uh, getting into this and doing some things on these fishes and loaves and talking about possibility thinking compared with people that have impossibility thinking. The possibility thinking would have been 
give him the, give him the, the, the you know, the two fish and, and those five loaves, and don't question it, okay? But look what he says. And he says, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake, and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of twelve of fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men besides women and children. So so there could have been there could have been ten thousand, there could have been fifteen thousand people there. And all and, and those two fishes, those five loaves, fed them. Now, and straightway uh, oh uh, after this point in time, and I wanna I go I'm gonna go into this next part here. But I, at this point in time, they watched something. All those people that were there saw a way of which very little was had, but ended up being one. And they, after it was all over, there was 12 baskets of food left. Now, you know, let's go back. Let's go back for just a moment, and, and let's, let's talk about how it is that, that the dream that I've had about the Shabbat table, the Sabbath table, in the middle of, of, of a terrible time when there was no food in my home, and how it was in that, in that vision of which God gave to me, how it was that we prayed, and there was no food on the table, and, and, and when, when I said amen and we opened our eyes, there was a feast before us. Now, does that in any way compare to this? You bet it compares to that. It absolutely compares with it. The, 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 the key to this is to know that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. That's when God has an opportunity to become who He is, who He always has been, and who He will always be, and that's God. He is capable of breaking through, again, into the physical world from the supernatural world and causing that to happen in the same type of way in which all the... I mean, what's the odds of, 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 of two fish and five loaves feeding somewhere around, like I said, 10, 15,000 people. What are the odds? Who, who would even suggest that that could take place? What kind of an idiot would even, even think there's a possibility that that could happen? But at the same time, the Lord Yeshua said, bring it unto me. They brought it unto him, and look at what he did. He blessed it, didn't he? He blessed it, and you know the next thing he did? He gave that to his disciples, didn't he? And the disciples distributed it. Now, who are the disciples today? Well, that's Peter and John. No, 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 not today. No, no, Peter and John and, 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 and all, that, that was back 2,000 plus years ago. The disciples today are you and I. Have, has the Lord God blessed the bread? You bet he's blessed the bread. Has the Lord God told us that we are to take that bread and distribute it? Yes, we are. He is the bread of life. And we're, we're told what? We are told to distribute into the uttermost parts of the earth His gospel, His testimony, and of course along with the, with the, the, the commandments. But the fact of it is, we have been commissioned by God. We have, in other words, we have the opportunity... Now, I want to talk about something here, of which uh, I, I probably need to put in a different sermon, but I'm going to throw this in here anyway. Now, what you have to understand, what we watched in the Old Testament was the prophets, some of the kings of, of, of God that were anointed of God. Now, the anointing of God caused them, which was sometimes poured by oil, most of the time by oil, upon by uh, a prophet on a king or a king on a prophet to bring forth. And, the, and so the anointing flowed, didn't it? And we saw miracles come up. Did you see miracles come from the sons of the prophet that were standing afar off when Elijah went up in the chariot? Never heard a word from any of that. Were there other prophets in the Old Testament? Yes, there were. But the anointing of God was brought by that oil, all right? Now, when, when Yeshua came, he being the Son of God, he is 
was and always will be the anointed of God, all anointed of God. So he came and he demonstrated, now listen, he demonstrated to us, as he was doing with these fishes and loaves, the fact of it is that you are capable, because he being God, was able to take those, those two fishes, those five loaves, and feed that whole multitude of people. And really, you know what he was saying to the disciples? See what you can do. This is what you can do. There's a possibility here that you're missing by looking at what? The impossibility of feeding all those people. What's the, what, what, what's the fact? Well, there is 6,000 people in this little town. Now, if they all was to show up out here somewhere, and all we had was two fishes and five loaves, who would dare, now listen to me, who would dare say, bring it to me, and I will bless it, and I will break it, and I will give it to you, and you distribute it, and there'll be plenty to eat for everybody. Now, again, what kind of an idiot would do that? I'm going to tell you what kind of idiot does that. The idiots that do that are those that know what God, who God is and what God is capable of doing. Now, then, then that goes back to what I had said, I think, before we closed in the last session. You really need to understand how this has to develop. It isn't going to take place for the Lord God letting you turn two fishes and five loaves into enough to feed the multitudes and to have twelve baskets left over, which is the, for the, uh, stood for the twelve tribes of Israel, by the way. But the fact of it is, as I said, it's going to have to start in small things, in small things. Now, if I understood correctly, the other night when we, you guys started to leave, there was something wrong with your door. Now, did Sam pray? Sam prayed. I mean, the door wasn't coming loose. And Sam prayed, the door opened. All right. And, of course, Sam said that, well, he's, you know, and I know that he has worked in that kind of stuff. But you see what happened? A miracle took place. They couldn't get the door open. I thought, dear God in heaven, I said, open the back end and crawl through. You know, I mean, that was my answer to it. Bring me the rolls and the fishes. No, just crawl in the back. Go home. Bye. But, no, Sam said no. And so he prayed, the door came open. Now, we can play games all day long and say, well, now that was going to happen. No, it wasn't. No, because you see, we are entering in, and, and it's like I said, there has to be a starting point. The starting point is not raising the dead. It's not turning the fishes and loaves into enough food to feed the multitudes. The starting point are the small things. Now, now, now let me tell you something. When the Lord God begins to grant us the opportunities to work into the miraculous in small things, and we will watch over that and take care of that, there's going to be bigger things. And that's the way this thing works. So again, we want you to begin to find and look for possibilities of working out into, or into, I'm sorry, the miraculous and bless God in small things. In things that bless God that, that, that somebody else isn't even going to know about, but you're going to know about it, all right? You're going to, you're going to be the ones that's going to know and understand. And from that, it's going, you're going to begin to what? You're going to say, hey, it works. I, too, can pass from this carnal five, you know, the, 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 the bless God, the, the emotions that we go through, the mind that we go through, the dance, all the touching, the feeling, the smelling, all those, all those things that God will give us to govern this carnal body. I can walk beyond that, and I can walk over here into the supernatural. I can call on this living God through the Son of His Holy Son, Yeshua, and I can see the miraculous operate in my life. And that's where God has taken us. And, and it's not that hard to get there. It just isn't that hard to get there. People say, well, you know what people all the time say, well, I see the dead raised. I don't know what you're going to see. But I'm going to tell you one thing. You're going to have everything you have need of. You're going to do everything that needs to be done if, in fact, you will learn to do this. Now, again, let me, let me, let me uh, interject this into, this into this place so that, again, we can, you can begin to deal with it and understand. We are giving you, a, if you will, a crash course in how to live into the miraculous uh, world, that we're about to enter into a, a time of great trouble. In fact, the Bible says that n never has there been such a time of trouble ever on this earth, nor will there ever be again that time of trouble we're in. And we're entering into a time when we're going to have to leave the five cents man, okay, and I don't mean money-worthy, the five senses of which God gave us to govern. We're going to have to leave this man, and we're going to have to move over here into the supernatural man, which God did what? First made us spirit. And you've got to remember that. 
you are capable of doing the things of God because you are made in His image. And you've got to get that indelibly inscribed within your minds and within your hearts, probably more your minds than your hearts. Okay? Where you understand, I'm a child of God. You're, you're not just some moron out here. And bless God, well, if I get lucky, you know, I won't die of cancer. The doctor says you've got cancer. No, you don't have cancer. You know, you say, no, I, no, 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 I don't have cancer. And he said, yeah, you do. Look at the x-ray. He said, I don't care what that x-ray looks it's like. I don't have cancer. The doctor looks at you and said, well, I don't know what else you want to call it. He said, you can call it anything you want to call it, but I'm healed for the stripes of Yeshua bore upon the tree. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I don't, I don't have to. I, you, you, can, you can call those things all that you want to call them all day long, but the fact of it is, I will live until the time the Lord God takes me from this earth because it's my destiny as a child of God. And that's what causes this to work. It does not work from luck. It does not work because you're in a tough place and, oh, golly gee, here comes Superman. No, it works because you're a child of God. That's what causes this thing to work. Now, so, so, so he distributes to the disciples. They give unto the multitude, take up twelve extra baskets of it. And you know, I'll bet you those disciples, don't you know they had something to talk about that evening amongst themselves, didn't they? Did you see what he did this time? Did you see what he did this time? And you know, I think probably more than anything, uh, what really, you know, and I'm, I'm going to try to be kind about this if I can, but, but it really sort of gets under, no, it gets under my skin. I go to these places. Well, okay, we, we came back from Phoenix. And while we were out there in Phoenix, all these people got healed. Some of them received out-and-out miracles. And, 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 you know, they've never seen such. And it just gets under my skin. Dear God in heaven, that's not scratching the surface of this thing. But yet we've got people that, bless God, that are so carnal-minded so carnal-minded that they cannot move over into the supernatural to receive because they had never been. You see, because church never presented a supernatural God. What we presented was a God that we can't see, and we said this little, oh, gee, come into my heart prayer and hope that one day there's a heaven and hope that we'll get there. That's what we've done. We've never, ever seen Him as He is, and we're about to have to face Him face-to-face. Supernaturally. Now, 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went went to the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now, he sends them off in the ship. He sends the multitude away. He goes into the mountain to pray. And he's there by himself. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with, with waves, for the wind was contrary. In other words, it was, it was pretty big wind. And in the fourth watch of the night, okay, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, what did he defy here? He defied all principles of, of, of gravity. You can't walk on the sea. Did you ever go try to walk on water? You ever, ever try to do that? Well, try it sometime. Hey, hey, you just, you, you just don't, your body is too heavy, and you can't. Now, in the Dead Sea, you get, out, you get in that water, and you float, because the buoyancy, the, the salt has. In fact, if you've ever been in the ocean, I don't float very well at all uh, when I'm in a swimming pool. But when I'm in Barbados, or I've been other places in the world in the ocean, I just get out there and lean back and float everywhere I want to go. Why? Because there's buoyancy. Now, when you're in the, in, in the Dead Sea, and that salt concentration there is so great, I don't know that you can sink. All right, I suppose maybe you could if you got enough rocks in your pocket, but I'm not sure that you can sink. All right, now, now, he wasn't at the Red Sea. All right, now, he went to them walking on the sea. Now, look in 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. Now, that just simply means they thought it was a ghost. And they cried out for fear. They were afraid. Oh! I see a ghost out there walking. You know, man can't walk on the water. That's got to be a ghost. That can't be. Nope, nope, nope. That, that nope. That's a ghost. And that's a ghost. Now, now there again. Now listen to me. He had just demonstrated to them through the miraculous feeding that multitude with those two fishes and five loaves. Now they're in a boat. 
Do you think that you think Yeshua knew there was going to be a storm? I don't doubt that he didn't send it. It doesn't say so, but I don't doubt that. And there he decides, well, I, you know, I'm here. I sent him away. He needed to go away and pray by himself. And he went to the mountain, and then he came back, and he thought, well, you know, <clears throat> they've, seen the, they've seen this happen. This, the, you know, with the fish and loaves, the walking on the uh, walking on water, it shouldn't surprise them. Did it? You bet it did. It, it said we would say it blew them right out of the water. All right? You bet it surprised them. In fact, they're saying, oh, oh, it's a ghost. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's a, there's a ghost coming right at us. What are we going to do? Look what he said. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. He said, boys, it's me. The same old boy that fed the molds who back there with them two fish and five loaves. And you think I can't walk on the, walk on the water? You think I can't do that? Look, here I am. It's me. Be not afraid. I'm not a ghost. This is me. And yet he did the same thing that I, I'm, I'm talking to you tonight about. He defied the law that governs this world. And that place that you can walk in, in the supernatural, will let you defy the laws of this world. God made the laws of this world. And, and I think if you, can, if you can get into your minds and begin to understand about the five, the, the five senses that God give, gave us to govern our bodies. I mean, how are you going to know if something's hot or cold unless you touch it? Huh? Now, if you're in tune with God, you don't have to touch it. You'll know. You will know what's going on if you're in tune. Now, can you get in tune? Yeah, you can get in tune. Paul said, I pray always. All right? Your spirit can learn to pray, and if you, if you do it right, your spirit will be praying all the time. Your spirit never sleeps nor slumbers. Your spirit is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to work out for you what you're praying for. Can you get a hold of that? Your spirit is trying to work out for you what you're praying for. And sometimes your spirit gets very confused with you because your spirit sometimes does not know what you really want them to pray for. I'm healed with the stripes. Well, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm healed with the stripes. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm healed with the stripes. I'm sick. I'm sick. And your spirit's going, well, let's see. Do I work out for you that, that, that bless God, that you die because you're sick? Or do I work out for you that you live because you've been healed by the stripes of Yeshua? What, 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 what do I do here? Please don't think me to be stupid by saying this to you. Because that is exactly the way this thing works. It's exactly the way it operates. Your spirit man is the real you that is set here to govern you. Set by God in you to govern you with all capabilities of operating as unto who he is, meaning you and your spirit, which is you. You have all the capabilities there. It's all, it's all in place. They had all the capabilities there. It was all in place. And yet he gets out there in the water and they think it's a ghost. And he said, be not afraid, boys. It's me. You know, it's me. Come on. Come on. Come on! Give me a break here, fellas! Well, Peter gave him a break. Look. <laughs> and Peter answered him and said in 28, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. You know why he said come? Because he said, Peter, defy! I want you to defy the law that governs this world because you have a law that is altogether different that governs, governs you and people like you. If you can walk over into it. Walking over into it is not easy because you have this. And this doesn't want you walking over there. It's a ghost. You'll drown. You can't do it. Remember the story we talked about? I, I guess I should have saved that story. About how we were in Barbados and, and the guys couldn't get in the water and they'd never been there and they were all excited to get in and, and I just walked out in the water and I said, peace be still. And that water laid down and, the, and, and hundreds of people came. The ocean was raging there and raging down there, but where I was at for those yards that was in there, there it, was, it couldn't have been any better and, and they all come down there and got in the water there. I don't know whether I told the rest of that, but as long as I stood in that water, that water stayed calm. When they got done and we walked out, 
And I started, we started up that beach. One of those young guys looked at me and said, Prophet, turn and look now. And the, the waters began to rage again. And people had to get out. What are you doing? I'm defying the very law which governs this earth. I'm, I've learned to defy those things. I've learned, and, and, and you know, when you begin to, to go back and listen, the things that I've taught for years, to, to learn to call those things which be not as though they are, that's what you have to learn to do. But you have to be able to see that before it's ever going to happen. You've got to be able to see it. Remember me talking to you about how it was that God told me about a healing ministry? He said, I've given you a healing ministry. And he said, you've got to see them walk before they get out of the wheelchair. You've got to sit. Now, again, as I got into some walks of warfare and fasting, uh, you have to break the back of the devil. You've got to really put it on him. And, and the way that you put it on him is to defy the law of which governs your, your, your body and this earth and to walk over into the supernatural realm, which you are, and then you want to talk about confusing darkness, they get all confused. In fact, they get so confused they don't know what to do about it. I, God's permitted me at uh, different points in times throughout my ministry to, to, to look into the spirit world and when I'm defying the fact that somebody that can't walk. When I'm defying, I, me- I remember when I was in South America and the little girl was, had a whole body brace on. And, and she had a pair of those crutches that come way up on high on her arms and she just drug herself. In other words, she couldn't walk. She couldn't even, she couldn't do this. She actually drug herself. And, 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 and she came in and, and she sat down and, and I said unto her, her mother, I said, this night you will carry home her crutches and the body cast. This night you'll do that. And the Lord said, look. And all of a sudden when I looked in, looked back in the supernatural world, the, the, the powers of darkness that be. See, the powers of darkness that be causes. Listen to me closely because I'm talking to you by the Holy Ghost now. They're a hawkadish. The, holy, the, the powers of darkness can cause things to be that aren't. They can cause it to be that aren't. They can cause people to believe they're lame and they're not lame. Why? Because it deals again into the world that you and I are born into, which we're not, but it comes back into the flesh world that, we, that, we, that we're in, that where the, the five senses operate. How do you know you're sick? I don't feel good. How does God, what, how does God, does God, does that move God because you don't feel good? No, that doesn't move God because you don't feel good. What moves God? And I see so many people come to healing lines hoping that God's going to have, have a compassion on them because they're sick or they're dying. God didn't have compassion on you because you're sick and dying because God already made provision for us. The provision has already been made. It's just a matter of, uh, of that person realizing that the provision that he made works over into that side and not into this side. And once they can get a hold of that, unless you can get around a good, strong anointing. See, I know, I know when I got out there in Phoenix, uh, somebody said something about, about the, the, the faith of the people. And I said, well, I don't care what they believe. That brother looked at me and he said, what do you mean? I said, I don't care what they believe. I don't care if they all, all come in here with doubt and unbelief. He looked at me and I said, Brother, let me tell you something. I said, don't you ever forget this prophet telling you. When I come in, the anointing comes in. When I go out, the anointing is going to go back out. That's just the way it operates. That's the way it is. I said, it doesn't make me any difference where they all come up here saying God can't do anything. God will destroy the yoke, and that will be the end of it by the anointing. And they'll walk. They'll see. They'll hear. They'll, they'll dance that can't, can't walk. And all those things are going to happen. Why? Because of the anointing. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about operating over into that world of the supernatural, into the miraculous. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, bless God, hoping that a bunch of mealy-mouthed Christian people that never seen God ever hardly do anything get together and hope this night that we're going to see a bunch of people get healed. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't ever want to come up to me and say, Oh, Brother Deckard, it's just so wonderful that we all could pray together and see God do something. Because it don't work that way. There are corporate anointings, and we will definitely get into that. But that's not what happens when you get together with a bunch of people that bless God that you're there for the first time, and all these miracles start happening. These miracles don't take place, bless God, just because everybody's there and they've all prayed. Why? Because they've all been there praying before. Amen? They've all been there and been praying before. And that's the difference in it. Now, so Peter, and when he said come, and, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Now, did Peter, and I've heard all kind of sermons through the years preached about this. 
Did Peter defy the laws of this natural earth? You bet he did. Peter absolutely got, I've heard people say, well, as long as he kept his eyes upon Jesus. Well, now, I mean, that's okay. I mean, I don't, but no, Peter had to have in his own self understood that, bless God, that he could. Now, he had seen the flea feasts and loaves. He saw him walking on that water. Peter grasped a hold at that point in time of the possibility in himself, yes, I made a spirit. He's the Son of God. He is demonstrating to us. Why? Now listen, 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 listen. And all that I have done, ye shall do, and even greater things shall you do. Peter was now defying his five senses, the law that creates, that, that governs this world, and he decided that he was going to live by the law that the Lord God had created in heaven. And that's all that this really is. And, and now let me tell you, people think you're crazy when you begin to do this kind of stuff, all right? But it's not, it's not a matter of being crazy. Now, 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 now where was I at? And, and, uh, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and began to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that's exactly what happened. But you know, many people that, that, that teach or minister this, and again, you, you, can't, you can't get into doing what I'm doing here uh, through this uh, station, these stations I'm doing, unless you live there, unless you walk there, unless you understand that. Because the fact of it is, it, it, yeah, where, where was your faith? The fact of it is, all he had to do was have faith in the fact that he could do just exactly what the Lord Yeshua was doing. And when he saw the wind, then what happened? Then the law of this world came back in. And the law of this world began to dictate to him and say, You fool, you're going to sink. And you know what something? Oh, no, what something? You know something? He sank. But immediately the Lord, what? He reached down. He lifted him up. Now, you can, you know, you can take that a ways, too. You've got to understand something. God is always going to be there to lift you up. Now you say, well, I'm, I guess tonight I'm going to go down to the river and just walk off in it. I wouldn't suggest that. Not at all. Okay? Well, didn't you say he'd reach down and save me? Yes, I did. But I'm going to go back and say again. I'm going to try to keep saying this over and over and over. You're not going to start out by walking on the water. You're not going to start out by raising the dead. You're going to start out in believing God for little things, and you're going to see those miracles come there, and then they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until the time comes when you can raise the dead, walk on the water, or whatever else it dictates to uh, the situation to be done. Okay? Let's go to, let's go to the 17th chapter uh, of Matthew. 17th chapter, 24. And when they had come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money uh, came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute, which is taxes? And he said, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom to tribute? Who is it? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter said unto him, Of strangers. Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish, that, uh, up the feast that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. What a story. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? <clears throat> well, boys, we're going to have to pay the tax. We've got to pay the tax. That's all there is to it. And we've got to do it and because we've got to do what's right. And he says, just take the pole, go down, throw it, throw it out there, and the first fish you hook, uh, you know, don't, don't throw it back. Just bring it in, reach in its mouth, and take out the money, and go pay the taxes. Why didn't he take up an offering? He could have done that. He just said, look, we're going to take up an offering this afternoon, folks. Now, I fed all, fed all that multitude. Now, now, you know, you owe me something. 
No, no, nobody owes him anything but love. Now, they go out, and what do they do? They bring up the fish, they pay the tax. The miraculous again, isn't it? Something that, that, that absolutely, what are the odds of a fish being out there in, in, that, in that water that would have money in its mouth, number one? None. There's no, the odds just would be so astronomical, you didn't even talk about it. But if there was one fish out there that had money in it, that swallowed some money accidentally, what are the odds that when you threw your hook out there, that that fish with that money in its mouth would hook itself on that hook, you pull it up, take out the money, go pay the taxes? Well, you wouldn't even want to talk about the odds. But you see, we're not dealing with a God that deals in odds. What are the odds you could walk on water? Zero. As far as we know, uh, carnally, it's zero, okay? What's the odds of, of, of bless God, of, of feeding a multitude with two fishes and, and five loaves? Zero. What's, what's the odds of this happening? Zero. But yet you see what I'm trying to teach you here in all this is we're not dealing with a God that deals in odds. We're dealing with a God that made the odds. We're dealing with a God that, bless God, that, that, that performs... Not in accordance to the way you and I think. Didn't God say, my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. Even as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. Now, and, and our ways. So that's the reason, and again, that's just part of the reason why we can't get a hold of the fact that this thing truly can work. That's just one reason. We, 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 why? Because we're always looking at the circumstance instead of the miracle. If you begin to look at the miracle and just let the circumstance just sit there, then you'll understand something. That miracle is sitting there and waiting to happen. And, and, I, and I love that. And, and you, need to, you need to say that to yourself often. There is a miracle waiting to happen for me today. There is a miracle waiting to happen. And I'm here to tell you, you first got to do what? You got to get that into your spirit, man. You've got to get your spirit man at a point where your spirit man is looking for the possibility of bringing a miracle to whatever situation it is that you're facing. You've got to look for that. You've got to understand, and it will come, and it will come. Matthew 21. And again, we're going to skip, we're skipping some things, but uh, 17, 21, 17. And he left them, went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he hungered, and there saw a fig tree in the way, and he came to it, and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said at it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever, and presently the fig tree withered away. And when his disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Now that is now, now taking on this set of scriptures and beginning to understand where he was coming from and where you and I are going all at the same time. Now, I was in Africa, and, and, and I was there, and it was during the same time which the Lord God told me that they had had a three-and-a-half-year drought, and the Lord God, as the last service, that I was going to be there in, and the Lord God told me, He said, I want you to tell the people that I'm going to cause it to rain, that you're going to pray, and three days after you leave here, your feet leave this the ground here in Africa, it's going to begin to rain, and they're going to have a, a rainy season, which it did. Then the other thing He told me to do, He said, and there was a tree, and that tree was probably not as tall as that chandelier hanging there, but, and it was about that big around, and, and it wasn't a big tree, but, but, but it was a tree, and it had leaves on it. And he said, go curse the tree that the leaves might die, and the tree will die from the root up. And he said, you tell them that the, that, that the tree, will, the leaves will wither, fall off, and the, and the tree will die from the root up. 
And he said, you tell them that I am the Lord thy God. He said, I want them to understand. Now, so I told him, I said, I want you to watch. Now, you can imagine this crowd of people. And, and they're all trying to, you know, they're trying to get where they can see. And I walked over and I took the tree by my hand and I said, I curse you in the name of Yeshua. At that point, I was saying the name of Jesus, all right, because I hadn't walked into the Messianic thing at that point. But I, and, I, and I said, and you shall die from the root up and the leaves shall uh, wither and begin to fall from the tree. So I went back over and I said, now, uh, you come at tomorrow and you'll begin to see the, the leaves of all dried, drying up. And I said, in just a few days, it'll all fall uh, and the tree will, will stand and barren and will, it will die. Now, Jalos wrote to me about six months later and he said people were coming by the hundreds to touch that tree because in three days he said the leaves begin to wither and fall off the tree and it died and he said people came and they touched the tree and they said the God of the prophet the God of the prophet can even do this just as the God of the prophet can cause it to rain now what did I do I defied what well, you, you can't just speak to a tree and it die. I mean, you don't do that. You have to defy the very principles of the laws that, that govern this earth, the way they were set. And again, I want you to understand this. Those laws were set by God. But there is another set of laws that supersede those laws, which we have talked about, and that, of course, are the laws of heaven itself. And those are the laws in which you and I are going to delve into and we're going to learn to operate in uh, to, to such an extent that it's going to turn this world upside down for the Lord. Absolutely turn the world upside down. So in 22 it says, In all things, whatsoever ye ask, first you have to do what? Pray. Listen. Secondly, believe. And what's third? Receive. Does it say pray and see? See if you can believe. No, it says pray first. Just believe. Does it say to look to see if you receive? No, it says says you shall receive. See that that's a that's positive. It doesn't say you might receive. It says you shall receive. You pray for whatever it is that you need to have happen. You 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 pray. You believe. You believe that what you prayed is going to come to pass, and then you you receive it. In other words, there it is. That, that's the end of it. I prayed that the tree die. Okay? I believed that the tree would die because of what God told me to do. All right? The tree died. Okay? And, and, and then I, I received, I received the fact that it came to pass. And that's really what all that you and I ever do. We walk into these things and then we begin to realize something that's very important. We are part of His kingdom. We're set aside. See, there again, folks, you and I, and Christianity in itself, has, has, has it's been deplorable probably at best because of the fact that we have never really ever reached our potential as to who we are. We are not a bunch of losers out here that every once in a while get lucky or somebody just happens to live when they're supposed to be dead or dying. We're not that. We, we absolutely can defy every principle that's on this earth because we are children of God. We can defy that. <clears throat> We've been given that by the, by the power of God himself. Let's go to Matthew, the 8th chapter. I'm sorry, Luke, the 8th chapter. And of course, I skipped over Mark there, and it's kind of a shame because there's a lot of stuff in Mark, but we're going to move right along now to Luke, the 8th chapter, the 49th verse. And we're going to go down through 50 to 55. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Now, now there's that word believe again, isn't it? And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. Now, you ever wonder why he let Peter and James and John come with him? He's teaching them. He didn't need their prayers. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into hospital rooms where people are supposed to going to die by the by daylight, and and I start to pray, and they start. I say, don't pray. I I don't want you to don't, shut your mouth. I didn't come here. You've already have you prayed? 
then, then just shut your mouth because the prophet's about to pray. And if you can't do that, there's a door. Go outside and wait in the hall. You, you, you see, the fact of it is, you can teach, you can teach by illustration. And that's what Yeshua was doing here. Now, he let the mother and, uh, mother and father stay, all right? And he went and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, and all wept and bewailed her. He said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. Now, here we go again. But she's dead. I love the way that that one old boy said, Graveyard dead, all right? Jerry Clower was his name. Now, let me tell you something. They knew she was dead. What in the world would make him say, she's not dead, but she's dead? I mean, they knew she was dead. What was he doing? Oh, well, he was a man of great faith. No, 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 wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. He's the son of God, all right? He's the all-anointed one, all right? Now, listen, listen, listen again. Weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. <laughs> said, Matthew, you are really... Where'd you bring this guy in from? Huh? She's dead. He said, no, no, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Now, folks, you're seeing him again as he's about to cross over the lines of the bounds of what governs this earth. When you die, you're dead. Now, I have seen uh, two people in India, one right here in this room, that God raised from the dead. The man, you know, I'm up here preaching. I'm preaching away. had myself a fine sermon, and I was preaching, and anointing was flowing. And all of a sudden, they begin to gather back, back behind that road, right back there at the back. And, and they were all standing there, and, and I saw that they were having more attention there than was having up here. And I said, what in the world is going on back there? And, and uh, the, the sister said, he's dead. I said, what do you mean he's dead? She said, he's dead. This gal was a nurse. She said, he's dead. I said, no, he's not. nobody's dying in my service. He wants to die. He can die on his own time, but he's not dying here. And they were still gathered around the guy, so I come down off the, the pulpit, went back there, I said, get out of the way! And I mean to tell you, they got out of the way, and I just sort of levitated myself, landed right on top of that old boy, and I said, Father, I believe, I believe that your word says that I have the authority to call the Spirit back that leaves a body, meaning that person to be dead, and it will turn around and come back into this body. And I said, Spirit, come back into the body, body, live in Jesus' name. Now, he'd already turned purple as purple could be. And all of a sudden he went, <gasps> I got up. Now, they'd already called. <clears throat> they didn't have 911, but they called the, the ambulance service. Now, I'm standing there, and a guy jumps up, and he said, what happened? Somebody said, you died. He said, no, I, no, no, I'm, no, no, I didn't die. He said, I went to sleep. Now, listen to this. He said, I went to sleep. Somebody said, no, you were dead. said, the prophet come down here and laid hands on you and commanded the spirit to come back, and now, now you're alive. And so he got up, and, and, and about 10 or 12 of them come up right up in this area here, and they're dancing. And, and, and them doors come open and, and over the side, and in come them two old boys pushing one of them gurney on wheels and, and, and white suits and come right through that door. And I'm standing right back about there, and, and they stopped, and they said, where's the dead guy? And I said, he's up there. And they looked, and they said, no, no, the, the dead guy. And I said, no, that's him dancing up there. And that guy said, well, they called and said somebody. Oh, I said, oh, he was dead, but he's not dead anymore. That's him dancing up in the front. So anyway, they end up t t t taking him to the hospital to check him out. So they, so they said, I said, I told him, I said, I told the little boy, I said, I'll go with him. I said, I said, hey, we're not going to find nothing wrong with you. I said, but just go pacify him. I said, it makes the, makes the story better, see. Now, what happened? Well, you see, the fact of it is, these are done, now listen to me, for illustrations. What Yeshua did when he was here on this earth, he came and he illustrated to us. He demonstrated to us 
what we can be if, in fact, we will choose to be that which is governed by the heavenly walls of, of, of Yahweh himself instead of that which is governed by the, the walls of this earth. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website www.jewishprophet.com and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.